I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steedy NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And of course, of me old buddy, me old pal, I'm Roy Peacock. Get a film. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> that that is the best entrance you've ever done. I think for me. So thank you for that. And I have to say, but Jesus. Bejesus. Is that one of your Irish? Yeah, bejesus. Ah, bejesus. What a game. What a game. I mean, we've watched some ridiculous games in our time. Um, Some that have gone for us, some against. uh, Some Super Bowls that have been nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, But this game, unbelievable. I I was sat there watching it, and I was just waiting for Bostick to come on, cock something up. (laughs) And, you know, I, I just, until, I think it was the point, even when... Like especially when Tanner McAvoy gets his gets his touchdown, mm. and I'm thinking, this is it. This is the point where it all flips around. Oh yeah, but it wasn't. No, yeah, that it was, was a wonderful su- success story. And you know what? I'm happy for two reasons. You from the from the outset, you know, this is gonna be a happy podcast. You know, when you're listening in, it's gonna be fun, right? Right? We're not gonna be like, well, I think what the Packers and Capers need to right. None of that. None of that crap. Not I getting, do not sound like that. Right, but you know. But if you blend the two of us together, right? If you if you were to make one little podcast, love child, uh, and as well as that, you'll be happy to know, and you'll be happy to hear, I'm almost man flu free. Not not fully. I'm not gonna, go, you know, I don't want to tempt it because if I if I have another relapse into man flu, I could die. Doctors told me I had 16 hours to live. They told me I was the, basically that I was, you know, the toughest guy that they've ever seen. I uh, braved it, oh. and I'm still alive to tell the tale. I, I'm looking at life with a whole new. With a whole new world, you know all that sort of stuff. Jesus, I know I'm happy. Have man. you been, have you been piss tested before you've come on? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that you know there's something in your water over there in Ireland. Now you have stopped at this present time from smack talking to take a sip of what are you drinking? Yes, Ryan's fell off the wagon. What, what was it, Ryan? It's just the good times bring on the booze because the bad times you were off the beer. And the good, what, what was it? If we bet the Seahawks by over twenty points, we're going to get back on the the old club. Or what's going down, buddy? What you fell it's off? A cup of tea <laughs> out of a bottle. It must be iced tea. There's a lemon in it. What are you drinking there, man? Is it Corona? Have you got a lemon in there? Why would you put a lemon in there? It's a lime in it. Have you got a lime in there? Is that what? Did you have one shoved in there? I had a no, mate. I had no. a French mate who used to put a lime in the top. And then stop st- there, stop there, stop there. That? Did you just say you had a French mate or you had a French maid? French mate. <laughs> a French maid would have been better. That, that's a far better story. I had a French maid once who, uh, no. But look, it's we're happy. With a lime. We're happy about it. We're happy about it. So what, what we'll do is we'll talk about a bit of Seahawks action and like good managers that we are, because in our actual day jobs, because all of this free, uh, not for us it causes money but for everybody else it's free and we put stuff together and we grind but on our day job we're both managers so like good managers Ryan we're gonna make everybody do the work for us right we're gonna get a call in show get them to basically speak and do stuff because it's been tough for me in work anyway how about you man well yeah you know I was well no I can't say really I'd, half five I was home Ugh. Um, but I have to say I did cook any a big old chili con carne. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Add, yeah. add, add a couple of bevs. And so 
yeah, I thought I'd let everyone else do the work. Why not? Get you a bit loose. So come on, let's talk about the Seahawks game and let's try. Uh, do you know what? It's a, a game this fantastic, and this is what I've kind of been saying. Well, does what I want to go on one little miniature rant, if you will, right? But anyway, on a game like this, and like what I've said uh, when we're playing the Texans, and I put out that sort of fishing for insults tweet of the Texans. I didn't know we had a second pie week, you know all that stuff. And I got the reaction that I wanted. Some guy come on and goes like, "Hey, buddy." And I had a bit of a rant about that. Similarly, I think if the fans as well as the players go into it with reckless abandon, it's going to work out well first. But on top of that, and it's something that I mentioned in the last podcast, Rhino, was is that if we got good, uh, if we got off to a good start, and you know, you know, and I said a tussamad Latin hibra in Irish is you know a good start is half the battle. Let's say that's one for the Americans, and um, to put on a scroll on a plaque and put up on your walls, tussamad Latin hibra, selling them five ninety nine. Well, I wasn't before now, but I will. So a good start is half the battle. So with the offensive uh, just fireworks going off and for us getting so far ahead, it somehow takes pressure off the D. Obviously in time, they have a bit more fun. You know, the Seahawks got a bit more reckless with the ball. Um, Dear Jesus, Ryan, did Russell Wilson get reckless with that ball? Reckless, yes. Uh, Useless, yes. Uh, Bloody entertaining, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you didn't ask me the other two questions, but that, yeah, I'm wonderful, though, isn't it? It's wonderful to see five interceptions by four different players, mm. um, a forced fumble by Christian Ringo, um, and it recovered by Bryce. You know, all of these things were just, just made it an unbelievable game. Is that, though, Ryan, like, what happened? Do you think Russell Wilson had a mare because his passer rating was ridiculous? Have our defence shown that you know all of these moving parts can come in and play and that when all of the rookies come in and play did they have a good game like what is it well look two of the interceptions you can put down to poor mistakes by the offensive players on seattle okay so i think baldwin is one Hmm. um ball goes through his hand hits him in the head uh bounces off and and we catch it and run it back then there's the one in the end zone where i think the ball is it two players go up? It hits. It hits the Seattle shoulder receiver bounce. in the back or the <laughs> shoulder, um, bounces off, and we catch it. Mm-hmm. But the Randall one, where he's running back towards his own uh, touchdown area, um, <laughs> that was. So I. Uh, <laughs> you said it like it wasn't a thing. I'm sorry. You just you said it like I a touchdown. But I was area. thinking he's running back towards his own end, and yeah, that's what I should have said. End zone. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when I, ca- I just called it a, <laughs> I called it a window screen before in a car. I was like, the, the window screen's all dirty. They're like, it's called a windscreen, Paul. It's not a window screen. Uh, apparently that's the thing. Anyway, I'm not oh, yeah, making yeah, this yeah. about my you say a window mess- screen. I would, I would say a window screen. Your, well, your touchdown area, it sounds kind of sexy. Right. Anyway, are we cut <laughs> that bit out. No, I think we're leaving that bit in. I think that's fantastic. Keep going, buddy. All right. So he's going back towards his own end zone. Uh, and quite frankly as well he looks at that point I always think that Randall looks like the, he's, he should be the receiver because he times that ball better the receiver stood there waiting for it so either he's I don't think he's overrun his route I just don't think the throw's there yeah. um, but it was great recovery anyway Burnett's one which I think was the first interception again great play on the ball Burnett looks fantastic at the moment yeah, doesn't he, he? Yeah. these last few games he seems to have slightly changed what he's doing he's come down from safety he's playing a bit of linebacker mm. um, sort of uh, playing this role sort of somewhere between the two and he's excelling and I think in one of our pre-season ones when we were looking at players that may or may not be cut and we were looking at positions mm. Burnett was one of the guys that I think we highlighted as a player that could potentially play in that type of position 
yeah. he's now playing there and he seems to be doing really really well so um yeah and uh, you know yes there was a couple of chance ones but i think it was some really good ones the ringo forced fumble as well was good good to see that guy getting playing time mm. and of course the kid bryce comes in and recovers it so it was just really nice for the defense i think we absolutely clicked on a day where maybe russell wilson was slightly off but he was slightly off because our defensive line the pressure put on him um the coverage was good and the hustle and the aggressiveness that we wanted from our defense was finally there yeah it looks like we're having fun it looks finally like we're having fun and we're making all these parts click together and it was brilliant hearing that because aaron Rodgers came out and said i think we can run the table I, like apparently he said it as if to say like well i had to say that i had confidence in these guys it's something that i really wanted pe- people to believe but there was kind of a sense that not that it was an empty comment but that he said it just to say because to get people off people's backs and that when all of the other players heard him say it they started to believe in themselves a bit more they knew that their quarterback was going to be there for them and then this is what exactly what we're doing we're running the table but it's telling as well that a few parts in this game really went for us so those interceptions the fact that it's smacking off people's hands and shoulder pads and helmets and bouncing up into the air and we're there those other days that stuff doesn't work out for you you know and i think the field position is a massive factor in this as well and this is something that i harked on about sounds kind of boring not that sexy but for field possession ryan we were there was six times that we were in the seahawks half when we got the ball so um i, I think that's important here that aaron Rodgers gets good uh, starting position the fact that he stays in the pocket makes the throws uh jordy nelson now is the league leader in touchdown receptions aaron Rodgers is the lead uh is the league leader in throwing those touchdowns so we have all the bits and pieces coming together now and can i just give myself a pat on the back here i don't know if i'm going to put in a special effect but i'm going to put in something is that the jeff janice play against the texans where he did that end around play and you were saying on the last one oh, it's, it's such a shame that he didn't end up getting to the end zone and i was saying you better believe that this is an audition for what's going to happen against the hawks and that's exactly what happened jeff janice getting that touchdown he's a bit par player i don't know how long more he's going to be around lambo but when you can use a player that fast like that for the second time and they don't cop onto it and get that td just great stuff to see it was it was like a party all day long wasn't it yeah i mean jeff janice he's, he's one of the guys that i've got down here on the notes um that's up to our coaching staff now to find the best way to use his skills because he's got skills that you can use in this game. Yeah. Um, if you think somebody like Darius Hayward Bay, for example, is still playing in the league, to my knowledge, um, and they said, oh, but he's only got straight line speed. Okay, find a way to use that. Yeah. Um, you know, Devin Hester could only return kicks, but if he did it every time and got a touchdown, what would it matter? I know he's now playing some receiver. Um, but you know, people say these things about players, you know, oh, he's, he's, he's only got this, well, find a way to use it. And if we can find a way to use Jeff Janice, the Packers will be the ones that gain from it. Yeah. Bill Belichick is an expert at that. So he'll get someone who seems to be past it. He'll take their skill set and apply it exactly to one specific scenario and make that thing work. Something the Jets didn't do with the likes of Tim Tebow when they tried that Wildcat, which was six years out of date at the time. But come here, I want to go and I, I said that about that little mini rant. So let, let me just indulge myself here. Let me know how you feel about this. So Kristen Michael or Christine Michael, as we call him over here, get your skirts on. Uh, he came into the game and again, he had some good runs, but one of them was is he ended up on the sideline with the Seahawks players and ended up coming back, slap assing with the entire Seahawks team, giving them all 
all uh, how's your father uh, slap on the helmet how you doing you know I like that show of respect and no hard feelings and you know screw the man it wasn't them that got rid of him it was the management and that he still likes the players all this but I will say and this is how I feel about it and let's see how you feel about it Ryan is there's a time and a place so we put out on Twitter there's a time and a place to slap ass with your old teammates is to make that show of solidarity but you don't do it when A you're playing for another team in the middle of the game when you've just been ran out and you have to get back to the line of scrimmage something that I don't agree with I like sportsmanship uh, you know like anybody else me and you are big rugby heads. We know what it's like. A rugby player gets up into the face of a ref. The ref tells him, get out of my face. And he gets out of his face. You know, this isn't soccer where you rip the shit out of the seats, beat someone with it, burn your granny in a barrel and then leave, you know, throwing all types of stuff at each other. Sportsmanship is important. And that's why I like the NFL that everyone can sit together. I mean, when we got waxed by the Cowboys and we were all sitting in Lambeau Field, it was still a great place to be. People were tailgating before. People were chatting after. We all went out and grabbed a few drinks. There was Cowboys jerseys everywhere so we got a response on twitter from someone saying oh yeah it's called sportsmanship look it up or whatever and you know we i went back and said listen sportsmanship is fine you, there's a time and a place you don't do it in the middle of a game they said oh well you obviously don't know anything about american sports which kind of egged me on because i was thinking jesus christ we do this all day every day and i kind of took that a bit personal right you know sportsmanship is one thing but my opinion and I've, listeners get, get in contact and I'll stop talking in two seconds is that there is a time and a goddamn place and in the middle of a game when you have now signed for another team who's trying to beat that team keep slap ass until the end of the game and everything's gravy baby and relax and woosa woosa I have to say on this and I'm shocked that I feel this way but I literally have no issue with it what? none at all I know, I know. So I'm gonna here we go. I'm gonna wind you up again now. I have no problem with it. He saw some guys. He didn't go over to them. He happened to be run out of the field there, and he slapped some guys on the bum. Now, I I hate sportsmanship in generally. Um, I I'm not say I hate it, but I'm certainly somebody I'm never sort of considering. Oh, am I being sporting? Am I acting in a sporting way? Um, I mean, I'm a guy that got sent off twice in one football game, for example. What? Um, it's probably <laughs> it's probably a story for another time. It included a 198 day ban, um, but so I've never really felt that way. But in terms of this, it, it didn't really bother me. But I liked. Do you know the thing I enjoyed most about the whole thing? Go on. The amount it wound you up, because I always love it. If somebody can wind you up, it's always good for me. Because what will ensue will be the best Twitter battles ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. And tell so you, I absolutely love it. This run up to the whole Trump election thing. Uh, I would stay off and then someone would make... It, it just, the comment would be just too dumb that I'd have to go and say something. And it just descended into me, you know, shouting at my Illuminous screen, trying to, you know, if I could be there to beat the life out of someone, I would. But anyway, I don't want to get wound up again. The last thing I want to mention, and it, it's kind of along the lines of sportsmanship uh, for me, Ryan, is the way the dirty shots that the Seahawks players were taking. There was one on Devontae Adams uh, when he was a defenseless receiver. He had his back turned to Sherman, which is typical of Sherman stabbing people in the back. This is a guy who can dish it out but can't take it. And then also, I don't know who it was, but they drilled Randall Cobb during the whole victory formation. Do you know who that was? What player? What Seahawks player uh, that was? Jeremy Lane, I believe it was, yeah. on the outside, yeah. Now, Cobb didn't have very nice things to say, and I would not have been upset if the whole Packers team had went and pulled his helmet off and bludgeoned them and brought him outside and buried him outside in the Lambo car park. I think it's a really nasty thing to do. The last time I saw that ridiculous style of play and pointless style of play that just enforced how bad somebody was 
was was it Chip Kelly with the Eagles where even when there were the other team was in victory stance he got the Eagles to push forward uh, and engage as if it wasn't and to try to get the ball because and someone said to him why do you keep doing that you're a first year head coach at the time and he said well I just want to you know create a name for ourselves and show what type of team we are and I was sort of thinking yeah bunch of assholes and that that's what exactly what happened with the Seahawks team they're just reinforcing that sort of that bad ill nature and talk about sour grapes it's horrible watching it because for me I mean it absolutely proves the other team are beaten they've got nothing left to offer I mean for me Sherman up until that point where he hits Devontae Adams off the ball and sort of starts his little spat. I mean, that's the first time I noticed him in the game. Hmm. Um, it was like he thought to himself, oh, I best keep the sponsors happy and get myself on TV. And that's the only highlight he could come up with. Hmm. Um, we tweeted at him, didn't we? And we, we just showed him the, <laughs> the footage of Devontae Adams blocking him, knocking him down, blocking yeah. him again, and then him running off in the wrong direction and falling over. Yeah. And all we simply said was, Hello, Emma. Uh, hello, Richard Sherman. Looking good, bro. <laughs> laughing emoji, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Um, this was enough to get our account blocked. Yeah. It also seemed to be enough to get many of our followers that had retweeted it and commented on it also blocked um, because we had people sending it. They kept coming in. And it was hilarious. Lots of people tweeting in their screens of the fact they'd been blocked by Richard Sherman. And do you know what? This is great. This is always the way, isn't it? With you know, any any if anybody's out there has come across a bully in their life, and I think we all have at some point. Mm. They always dish it out, and the moment that person comes at them, that's bigger and better, and or and just gives them gives them that bit of they don't want to hear it, and suddenly, yeah. you know, they're they're the one that's hard done by. And for me, Richard Sherman can't keep his mouth shut. He's dirty off the ball. I'm I don't I'm not saying he isn't a good player. He's one of the best corners in the game, which is another reason it really annoys me he acts in the way he does. Yeah. Because he could have people giving him a lot of respect for him as a man and a player. Whereas actually what you got is people giving him some respect for being a player because unfortunately him as a man overshadows what he does as a player. And uh yeah, he's just one of these guys that unfortunately can give it out but really can't take it. No, and do you know what? He's tried to shake off that sort of moniker of a tug for how long now? When he came out and had that rant like, uh, oh, you put me in a sorry receiver like Michael Crabtree, this is what you're going to get. And, you know, people criticise him with that. I didn't really care about that outburst. You know, as you said, he is one of the best corners in the game. He has to, he gets that respect. Aaron Rodgers, what, has thrown at him three times out of the last three meetings. I have to be careful that I would say because I usually say the word tree. How's yeah, it going? Tree. Tree. So, yeah, look, he, he garners that respect. But at the same time, if you go back to that rant, she asks him a question and he just goes off on this ridiculous kind of comical, almost cartoonish, like, uh, you know, rant. And if he wants to cast off that image of being a thug, well, then why make dirty, cheap shots you know, and why not be able to, I don't know, the, the guy just annoys me. And to be honest with you, he's one of these players for me, Ryan, although he gets respect, he's not tested enough to get that respect. It's like the big kid who says, I'm going to beat you in the face. And then no one ever tries to fight him to see if it's true. And when they do, they slap the crap out of him. And that's what happened in school to one of the lads. He was one of the toughest guys for four years until someone, a kind of a nerdy guy, uh, it wasn't me, how dare you. Yeah, uh, slapped. Got slapped around. <laughs> and then all of a sudden people are like, that's him? Really? Okay, so I think our parting shot has got to be, he's a bit of a d***head. <laughs> you might want to bleep that bit out. Yeah, <laughs> I will. So I'll tell you one of the things that got me, and I know I know we're short for time because we're going on to our new exciting segment of the show. Oh, yeah. But here you go. If anybody ever says to you, you often hear coaches, don't you, saying win that turnover battle. Yeah. 
And I know we've kind of looked at turnovers already, but I was just looking at the stats for the game. Mm. Seattle out-yarded us, total yards. They have more possession than us, 31 minutes 50 as opposed to 28 minutes 10. Mm. They have more first downs than us, okay? The one thing that we have and the very reason that we win this game is because we win the turnover battle at six to nothing. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, our differential before going into this night was minus five. We're now plus one <laughs> from this one game, yeah. okay? And that's how you win a football game. If you can win the turnover battle, yeah. if you can keep your penalty yardages down, you are always within a shout of winning a game. Dom Caper says it all the time. He says, you know, we need to work on our turnover differential. And I think that was one of the worst turnover differentials that we had. Um, in Packer history with Mike McCarthy so yeah it's looking it's uh, trending up and like what Mike McCarthy said in his press conference as well you know this team's getting better in December which is I mean if you're getting better in December uh, it's a good thing as well as that in the power rankings depending on what site you read we've rocketed back up into the top five again whereas before I do believe that we were between 15 and 20 and you know some people get out about it but you know they were kind of ranking us where we were at but like you said Rhino um, we have that brand new segment which is our call-in show so I think it's time that we get some of these fellas on the line Okay, this is the new part of the show. We have a bit of a phone-in show. You know what? We're here with us to try to get our own radio show. So in kind of an effort to get that going, we've done a phone-in part. And so, as usual, me old buddy, me old pal, still on the line, at Ryan Peacock NFL. And we have Graham, Mr. UK. How's it going, Graham? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I'm all good, guys. How you doing? All good, yeah. It's been, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've spoken, man. Last time we were together, yeah. I think we were in Green Bay. No, no, we were together at the Hippodrome. Oh, damn, I forgot. Oh. You forgot I was there, didn't you? That's you bad, isn't busy, it? <laughs> too busy schmoozing. That's it. You know, he ends a good bromance with that type of stuff. When was the last time I saw you? A year ago? Two years? No, it was actually last weekend, mate. It was but like two months ago. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's say this. Let's say this, Graham. Me and you shared, we shared our very first beers together in Green Bay. That's a big deal. We did. And um, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods together. And that was that was pretty hot. Yeah, everybody loves dicks. It was a it was a huge dicks. It right, was, I, I I have to moderate this. I have to moderate it. Less talk of dicks and more talk. Well, if you want to talk about the Seahawks, I guess we're still talking about dicks. Graham, what did you ring in today for, buddy? Well, I was just going to ask you guys a question, um, which is basically, other than winning the Super Bowl, was Sunday's victory over the Seahawks the most satisfying you witnessed as a Packers fan? And if so, why? Ooh, I'll tell you. And I'm glad it wasn't a thing like, if you were a biscuit, what type of biscuit would you be and why? Um, that'd probably be oh, a Mikado. Hobnob. <laughs> More with the dicks and knobs. Uh, to be honest with you, Graham, it was incredibly satisfying for a number of reasons. You know, obviously when stuff's firing on all cylinders, it's great. When we're the underdogs at home, which was upsetting, it's great to come away with the win. The Seahawks, to me, certainly... Although I love my history and I'm a traditionalist and I like the whole, you know, that bears suck and that we have the chance to try beat them in this next game and level the series and all of that kind of gear. I don't really see that as the proper rivalry anymore. Not for the last few years. It's all, it's been the Seahawks for me. So it was a satisfying game, but is it the most satisfying since the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm, to be honest with you, I don't even know what happened yesterday. So I'm going to leave that up to, to Ryan. What, what do you think, Ryan? I mean, was this a satisfying game up there with Super Bowls or have you got some more that sort of stick out in your head? 
Okay, well, for me, and uh, I think it's a great question because it was a fantastic game to watch and one that I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, six turnovers in a game, mm. five of those interceptions. It's just, let's, let, I, I don't remember a game like that before. But if I'm talking about most satisfying games that I've watched that was not Super Bowl victory, there's two that very much stand out for me. One, and it's the one I always say, is, and it's very boring, but it's my, my answer every time, the Brett Favre Raiders game. Um, yeah. You know, and we all sort of know about that game and, and, and what it meant to Brett and, you know, the incredible pressure he must have been playing in that game and, and to go on and have that victory and to play in the way he did was amazing. But there's always the one for me that I think is possibly my most enjoyable game because I sat there watching it in absolute disbelief at how we were being completely destroyed. And then out of nowhere, there was that turnaround that quite often goes against us. Um, but this time it was going for us. And that's the Dallas game where Matt Flynn was quarterback um, I'm sure you guys have both remember that. We were 23 points down, if I remember. Ended up winning 37-36. I think Matt Flynn put on an absolute show and and you know and got a record in, in the process. So I think those are the two games that come close. But certainly that game last night is up there with those two games for me. I, You know what? I love the fact that we've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre in town for as long as most fans can remember. And one of your favourite games is a game of Matt Flynn. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, nobody else. Nobody else would come up with that. Yeah, I suppose that reminds me then of the whole, you know, the dagger play. I always go back to that. What about you, Graham? I mean, would that, is that a question that's close to your heart in the sense that, you know, it is one of the best games that you've seen? Is it one of the most satisfying? Or, or what other game would you pick out, bud? Yeah, to be honest, the one that Ryan was talking about with Matt Flynn when he threw, was it five or was it six touchdowns uh, in that game? Yeah. Um, you know, that was that will live long in the memory. But uh, for me, I think because of how tough it was watching the NFC Championship game two years ago, um, the whole fail Mary thing, I just detest Sherman. I detest Pete Carroll. So watching them, you know, crying their eyes out and fighting with each other, getting angry, and us just kicking their asses really was so satisfying. Um, for me, that's probably the most satisfying game I've watched since the Super Bowl. Fair enough. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, it is great to see when you see those players on that team getting that angry, that pissed off. I mean, how many times did they late hit somebody or push somebody or shove somebody or, you know, make hit somebody off of the ball? I mean, it was all going on. And the reason was is because we were absolutely trashing them. Yeah, they didn't like it one bit. It was it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. It's deadly. It's like when you're in a slagging match, you know what I mean? And one of the lads just can't take it, but you're destroying them anyway. But listen, fellas, I have to break up the bromance. It's time that we let Graham go. Graham, on your bike, buddy. Rhino, back in the studio now, bro. <laughs> take See care, you soon, Greg. See you soon. Bye. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And not to be satisfied with just one call, we're going to get another dude on the line. So, who have you got on the line? Where are you from? And what's your favourite position on the football field? <laughs> uh, my name is Jason and I'm from Manchester and probably I'd go for running back oh, I thought he was running say, back I thought he was going to say tight end Ryan what did you think do you think he was going to take up in the old innuendo bait there well I don't know <laughs> maybe he's gone running back because he thinks there's an opening right now at Green Bay and if he uh, if they hear because obviously everybody at Green Bay listens to us yeah then uh, they might give him a phone call get him involved 
Well, that's yeah, yeah. I was wondering, Ryan, like, if you've been off the beer for a few weeks, if you're going to get involved as well. Ooh, look at that. Premising the whole beer thing. Ryan, it seems you have got a drinking problem amongst the listenership. Yeah, I know everybody seems to think this. And OK, I'm sat here right now with a corona, <laughs> but it proves nothing. <laughs> Oh, well, Jason, I think this is the perfect time for you to ask your question because he's going to be under the table drunk if we don't get it out soon. Okay, no problem. It's a bit of a, a double question and it's related. So uh, who do you guys think is going to be the hardest team we're going to come up against for the remainder of the season? And also, Adrian Peterson has come out today and said that he aims to be back for the Christmas Eve game. Do we think he'll pose any threat to the Packers? Wow. Um, okay. I'll tell you what, I, I saw this news as well today about Peterson coming back. Um, and I loved it because I just thought, you know, it makes the Vikings relevant for five minutes, doesn't it? Maybe, you know, they get their star player to come back against the Packers. Um, I don't know, because we've done all right shutting down the run. When we played him in the first game against the Vikes, we pretty much closed him down until he got hurt. Um, and so I think really he doesn't worry me so much at all. Um, for me, uh, I would say that the problem is when we're looking at the games that are left, obviously now they're all division opponents. And I think even the Bears are going to be as big a threat as, as the Vikings and the Lions. So it's hard to pick one. Um, but the only thing I would say is for me, the division is going to come down to that last game. Packers versus Lions. The winner of that game will essentially win the NFC North and go to the playoffs. Do you know what? I'd like to be more positive in the whole thing. And not that you're not being positive, but I reckon what's going to end up happening with the Lions is, is like they always do. It's similar to when the Bears should have ran away with it a couple of years ago. Um, similarly with the Vikings, they should have absolutely ran away with it, but they didn't. It came down to the last game. I reckon what's going to happen is, is that the wheels are going to fall off for the Lions. The Vikes are not essentially going to see a resurgence, but they'll be more in the mix than we think they will. And to be honest with you, the Bears are going to be in the thick of it all, trying to ruin it for everybody. Because look at that last game that the Lions come up against the Bears. The Bears went ahead. Uh, all they had to do was get into field goal range to tie the game up. And I reckon they would have went on and bet the Lions uh, this week or last week, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and I think it was twice or three times that they ended up getting enough. And then they got called back for a penalty. And then it was whatever it was, first and 20. And then they got within field goal range, then got brought back again, first and 30 typical bears so i reckon the bears are probably going to be the worst game because you can't underestimate a team can you jace about you know when it's reckless abandonment and they want to go up against you and they want to ruin your day they have no real dog in the fight anyway uh you know if you look at the likes of the browns they're going to get the top pick in the draft the bears aren't too concerned about it to be honest you know the silver lining for them i think is is the quarterback that they have in there at the moment in place of jay cutler i mean talk about a guy who's just tacked on an extra five ten years onto his second string contract here if he doesn't make the first string for the Bears, he'll be bounced around like Mafflin everywhere else. Uh, I think yeah, yeah. the wheels will fall off the Vikes and the Lions, obviously, it will come down to that. I want to know, what does Jason think? Um, I think the Lions are going to be the hardest game as well, to be honest. You know, Matt Stafford's on a good roll and their kicker's on a good roll as well at the moment. Um, with Adrian Peterson, I still think he's going to be a bit rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance, Jason, that the Lions could actually end up as much as we, you know, we need, we will win all our games, or, or hopefully, you know, we'll at least win two or three of them games. But do you think there's actually a chance the Lions could lose the NFC North? Bearing in mind they've got the Giants and the Cowboys to come. Yeah, definitely. If they've got the Giants and the Cowboys, you know, the Giants have just come off the back of beating the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have been strong all season, haven't they? Yeah, 
yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. That there's plenty of time to go in this one, um, and and you know, don't discount those bears. That's all I would say. All right, Jason. Cheers for the call, in, buddy. Good question, but uh, go f- yourself. <laughs> So many successful calls today. So, you know what? There's too much English going on on the podcast, Ryan. We need to get a Celt on. We need someone Celtic. We need someone who wears a kilt and kills things with its bare hands. So, Stephen McHaggis, are you there, buddy? Uh, It is. George McHaggis is right here. Just hanging a boot. (laughs) Swinging free. What a wonderful accent. I tell you what, though, I can see me at this point getting ganged up on as the two Celts pick on the poor Englishman that's never done anything wrong throughout his history. Oh, and Poor and, Englishman? Yes. Poor? Yes. I've so, seen your collection, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you have. Yeah, and I got, I got, an, I got another jersey this week as well. That's sick. Oh, nice. But what I am going to do, out of pure respect for my Celtic friends... I'm going to let you two have a little chat on your own. Right. Just so you don't bully me. Mr. McHaggis, right, what's, what's going down, buddy? Come on, give, give us, throw us the old question and let's have an L natter. Because do you know what? Right now, there's American women out there whose clothes have just fell right off. I, I know, I can hear them. One, <laughs> two, three, four. Oh, sorry. Got That's the whole listenership there. of the podcast. <laughs> I, my question is, why the heck do fans team bash their own team when they're having a rough time i right. really don't understand it right McHaggis, i think what well, we need to tease this question out a little bit because if you listen back to the podcast when we were going through our struggles i i felt anyway and i think ryan felt the same that they needed to be addressed right so if you look at our defense now what i find especially if you look at the seahawks game and like what i've said in previous podcasts the offense needs to be firing to get up a bit of a lead to kind of alleviate the defense in a way and it kind of sounds counterintuitive in the sense that you know our issue was um when they throw deep our cornerbacks couldn't handle it uh run stuff and amazing but when it comes to the pass we were just disintegrating and that, that was upsetting for us and it turns out that obviously if you put up two scores on a team you know it's reckless abandonment time they just start throwing deep going for the long shots and that's something that murdered us when we went up against the seahawks in the nfc championship game now when you know so it doesn't really make sense in the that that's where we struggle but that's where we get all our turnovers because obviously if you're getting pressure on the quarterback the throws aren't as great and you have more of a chance to pick them off and fumble and they get the desperation time which we did so are you talking about looking at the defense and saying you know dom capers needs to go the zonal defense isn't working or are you talking about people who said trade aaron Rodgers, or are you talking about the whole thing i'm generally talking about the whole thing because not even just our team the almighty green bay it's everyone that even when you're having a rough patch it's like oh they're horrible they should be doing this you should be doing that get rid of the coach do this do that it's like no stick with it they just need worked on and Mm. that's where i feel i believe it's like green bay just need that wee bit of push and wee bit of emphasis behind them and go look look just we know you're going to be there we know you can do it you just need that backup and especially for us just now with the amount of injuries we've had and stuff like that and Arod not playing his best but not playing awful where it was more our defence that was kind of causing us the trouble mm. and people were still slagging Aaron Rodgers like heck and I was like mm-hmm. I don't understand it at all yeah 
you know what? Do you, do you know what? I said I was going to keep quiet, but obviously I'm not. You know, I've got to say. <laughs> I, do you know what? I lo- I love what Steve's saying there, and supporting the team's a massive, massive thing. Obviously, and we sh- and we should stay behind it. And I think sometimes it's hard, isn't it, to sort of criticise the team because you kind of have the right to do so as a fan, um, but do it in the right way and and not let it spill over to the utter ridiculous. Um, and actually, I just really liked what you said about how Green Bay, you know, you feel it's a team that's very, very close and just needs that extra push and extra support from its fans. Um, certainly, if they keep playing the way they did the other night, then, then they're going to get that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a nice sentiment, actually. It's a, yeah, like, something I agree with. It's good, but the, then if you look behind some of the stuff in the stats, like if you look at some of our cornerbacks and they were over the 100 mark in their position, you know, that's not willing a player on. That's someone just not doing great, not performing well, being picked on, coming up against great opposition, not being trained properly, not having the experience. So there's a fine line between being passionate about your team and also there are some fans that are delusional in both sense. One, where they can't criticise the team at all. And I don't think that's fair. Now, what I don't... What I don't agree with is, is I don't agree with coming out and saying Aaron Rodgers has a girlfriend, he should break up with his girlfriend because I'm upset that my team lost by a touchdown. You know, I just think that type of level of ridiculous is yeah. crazy. And what I, what, what I have to find funny as well here is that all of the people that came out saying, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is done. I mean, bench him, trade him, get Hundley in there. Where are all those fans now? I don't see any one of them going, yeah, A-Rod's all right, but like get Hundley back in there. You know, it's that uh, Fairweather fan sort of pisses me off. They're not there though. That's the thing. Like they'll say all that when they're having a rough match, but as soon as it comes to the crunch, when they actually see how good Aaron Rodgers can be again, they're like, "Oh, we got it wrong." But they will never apologise for what they said, yeah. which I find is quite wrong because it's like you're fighting for your team. You're you're fighting to be there. You you want them to survive. You're willing them on. As a fan, you're dedicated, you're passionate. I don't know myself, Ryan and all that. We are passionate. We love it. We eat, sleep and breathe it. And for me, to degrade my team, I was like, no, I couldn't do it. Mm. I honestly couldn't do it. I have been at that point where I felt a bit delusional about my team when I first started watching football and stuff like that. And I was like... They're, they could do no wrong and all that but I can see their flaws I just want them to work on them and focus yeah because I think that's where they lost some of it as well as they lost their focus yeah they they were too focused on everything else they were like right we're got to this but but they've just had to work on wee bits each week and that's what they've done and that's how they've improved I feel yeah, no, agree. It backs up against the wall. Sometimes you need that motivation. But listen, I, I think we've on t- on, went on too long. So, Mac Haggis, off into the Highlands with you, buddy. Hunt your Haggis, bro. Oh, I'll try. I'll get them <laughs> just for you. <laughs> hey, look at Snyder. He looks like the hunchback from Notre Dame. Quasi white shoes, moto. <laughs> Right, we've time for one more call. One more call today. So on the line, we've a long-time follower, a massive Packers fan. It's Mr. Stehor from Liverpool. What's going on, Steve? Hello, Steve. Nice to speak to you. How are you? I'm not too bad. I've got my old buddy, my old pal, Ryan Peacock, on the line. What, what have you got to say about uh, about this whole Packers situation, Steve? What's what's your question today? Yeah, I've got a theory, and I thought I'd put it to you guys. I think the offense has gotten better since Aaron's hair's his leg, and my theory is he stopped doing all the mad things that we know he can do 
And I also think that Mike has stopped uh, calling so many bootlegs, which I, I'm, I, I get why he calls the bootlegs, because you know Aaron's athleticism is amazing. But as soon as Aaron rolls right, he's automatically lost half the field to work with. I think the fact that he's having to stay in the pocket and the fact that I think the offensive line is is fantastic. It's one of the best I've seen us have. I've got. I think that's what's uh, helping the offense improve. You see, you know, Nelson, Adams, Cobber all getting the ball more. It's just a theory I've had, and I just wanted to put it to you guys to see if you agree with me, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, certainly. Yeah. It's an interesting thought, and actually, as soon as you started saying it, I thought immediately in the, some of the games where we lost. Um, I know a lot of time when we look back on the game tape, you could see that what should have maybe been Aaron's first read uh, and certainly like the play across the middle, we were kind of almost at times missing the open man. I mean, several times we'd see Geordie open or Devontae open, but we weren't throwing. And the reason was he's already got his happy feet and he was already running out right or running out left, as you say. Um, and it was almost like he was too quick to to sort of look up, not see what he wanted and go. Um, and like you say, obviously, if you go right, you, you restrict yourself to half the field. So I can see absolutely what you're saying. Uh, he certainly looked good last, uh, as I say, last night, sorry, Sunday night, um, when he stayed uh, more central and in the pocket. Um, the offensive line did brilliantly as well, protecting him in there. And and certainly, as, as as you know, you watched the game, the offense seemed to really, really respond to it and look really, really good with him there. So I think you've got a point. I mean, obviously, nobody wants their quarterback injured, <laughs> even if it's, you know, 10% or, you know, whatever. But... Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you. Something I would bounce back to you, Steve, is how do you see this affecting him through, you know, the rest of this season, however long it may go on for? Like you say, it's it's not ideal that he because that he can't run because one of his his great strengths is obviously if teams do sit deep, he's he's always able to run for the first down. He's done. We've seen him do that, you know, numerous occasions. He's running for touchdowns again this season, but. If the, if the protection's good, then I don't think it's a massive issue. I think it's fine. If the protection, you know, for some for some reason, let up, which you know it, it could do. Who knows? You know, we've had injuries on the line, haven't we? And when mm-hmm. the likes of when the likes of um, Tretter or something maybe have to come in, it, it hasn't looked as strong. I think you'd, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you'd agree, but yeah, 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 or Definitely even Barclay or something. Or, you know, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't been great. So if, if the line can hold up, I don't think it's a problem. And the fact that we we seem to have found a running back, albeit one who's a wide receiver, I think that can that can certainly help. And like I say, if we can negate a, a pass rush of Seattle, which is a very 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 good pass rush, you know, I think Michael Bennett's one of the, the best defenders in the league, and, and we kept them fairly quiet all game. Then I can't see how. I mean, the Vikings' defense is pretty good, but I mean the Bears, are, the Bears have got nothing at the moment. They're injured. The Vikings don't have one. Sorry, um, the Lions don't have one. So if we can cope with Minnesota, which I think we can, I don't think it'll be that big an issue. It's just, I like the fact that it, when he stays in the pocket, I think Mike simplifies the offense more. I don't think mm-hmm. he has all mad things going on. We're not asking everyone to to beat their man every single time. I think we're scheming guys open. So you'll see Cobb or you'll see Cook schemed open across the middle. And because yeah. Aaron's keeping his feet still, He's actually fine. And then when you, those five five yard passes are becoming 10, 15 yards in the hands of Randall Cobb or Ty Montgomery or, or Jared Cook. So I, yeah. I think if, if even if he gets fit, I'd, I'd hope that he and, and Mike realise now that 
as great as he is at moving around, and, and he is, he's fantastic, he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant athlete, if he can stay still and can stay in the pocket, I think we've got a much, much better chance of winning. Yeah, OK. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree. And I think um, if, if it makes me think a little bit of Kansas City Chiefs offence and Alex Smith, I know there might be people shouting at me right now, but bear with me. Alex Smith is a pocket passer. He can move, but he's generally a pocket passer. And a lot of the times it's five and ten yard passes and the receivers do the work. And quite simply, he dropped back and passes the ball. And it's working well for them this year. And you saw that style of quarterback, and I thought the other night, where it was sit back in the pocket, wait for something to emerge with the receivers, and then make the pass. And it seemed to be much more simplified, didn't it? But it also seemed to be so much more effective. Yeah, I, I compare it. Sorry, I, I very quickly say I compare it a bit like Russell Wilson, where Russell Wilson is um, really good in the pocket, but because he's such an athlete, he'll run round and he'll do all mad things, and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. And I think that was the case with Aaron. And I'd like to hope, and I, I, I know, I'm really, really hopeful that you know we can we can win out this season, and I think ten wins will get us in. And like I say, I really hope that he he realizes that he's that good. He can he can beat teams with his arm. He doesn't need to use his legs all the time. Okay. Yeah, so let me end it like this, lads. And uh, I think myself and you, Steve, have kids. Sometimes if you give kids too much of a choice, if you bring them into a store and you say, like Smith's, and you say, here's a billion things you can have, what do you want? They get overwhelmed and they leave crying. Whereas you say, you have two options, you have this or this, what do you want? They'll pick one and they'll pick it fast and they'll be happy with it. I think awfully a problem with this is, is that you can try to get too overcomplicated. Mike McCarthy's known for being slightly arrogant with that, that he tries to go, you know, <clears throat> to amazing lengths when all he has to do is the Packers slant as well as that it's very hard for a wide receiver to be on the same page as you when he looks back and doesn't know where in the pocket you are so when Aaron Rodgers rolls out they don't know where he is and where to position themselves where if they know that they have routes like what Jeff Reinbold showed on the broadcast where you know if you see that it breaks down or you're not getting open or you know what you do is is you'll have sort of a secondary route where you'll try work your way back to the quarterback or try shoot down the seam um, and we saw an awful lot of that happening against that game but do you know what we've talked about it to death Steve I'm going to tell you have to tell you on your bike son yeah. cheers lads see you later Well, that worked. That worked out really well. Jesus, it was good. Do you know what, Ryan? Feels like a real radio show, buddy. What's going on? We're going to have to change the name of the show, are we? Well, hopefully it shouldn't be too long now until a radio show rings up and actually begs us, not asks us, mm. begs us to oh. get on the airwaves. The prime, we get one of those voiceover guys too for free. They just tell us, well, what jingle do you want? We go, the prime time and bailiff show. Show, 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 show. You know, one of those. <laughs> Something like that. But anyway, we put out a we put out a few L tweeticulars, didn't we? Asking people uh, if they want an L shout out, you know, give us an L textual. So who have we got there on the L Twitterverse, Rhino? Well, just quickly, because obviously, you know, I was hanging out with my boys last night on Skype, and you know, I'm a, a defensive guy, so I was hanging out with Dean, Larry, Jay, Elliot, and Dayton Jones. They're all listening. <laughs> all right, uh, lads. So on. well done on the sacks last night. So uh, well. Yeah. Big shout-outs for those guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we said, you know, anybody wants a shout-out, we'll give you one. We were true to our word. Okay, so here we go. we got Jill B., Lewis Crawley, Barney, uh, at KS Krug, Dan Barnes, Clifford Thomas, Liam Grundy. Uh, shall we keep going? Keep going. Got a few more. Okay, so Packers girl, Dave Scalehorn, lad, went to Green Bay with him. Lad. E- Ethan Hawkins. 
And then we got Russell D. Carteret. Are oh, we saying it's hold on, What hold was on. it? What was it? What Let's was it? stall here. He's, I back don't... Again. He's back again. He's going to cause an argument. I'll bring in the other two first. So we've got Gary Bra- uh, Bracky, or Bracci probably, uh, and quite simply, a guy called Hennessy, which I like. Oh, Hennessy. But uh, let's talk about Russell de Carteret here. So uh, it was a few years ago now. I don't know who I interviewed, but I had to mention uh, a question from Russ. So I said, uh, and here's a question from Russell, and I'd never pronounced his name, his second name out loud <laughs> before this whole thing. And I was like, ah, no. So I went, Russell de Carteret. I kind of fell into it. And then after the thing, he was like, you know, fair play to you for pronouncing it right. Then recently, his whole the, the Carteret date came up again, you know, gate come up again, because you said it was the Carteret. You made him sound like an extra from the movie Chocolat with Johnny Depp. And uh, he can't be too happy with that, you know what I mean? Can't be too happy. Well, turns out he's from Bristol, and I thought he was from, I don't know, uh, Montpellier or something. Uh, Burgundy. Uh, yeah, but- I was trying to think of any French town, and for some reason I went completely <laughs> blank. <laughs> well, Paris. Where was that time I went and got a McDonald's, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, we've, we, well, it's been busy tonight, hasn't it? There's so much more we could have yeah. talked about. I mean, there was the London game announcement today. Um, they're obviously not coming. No. Um, and I guess on the next show, we'll probably talk about what you can do instead, which is come with yeah. us to Green Bay. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we don't want to end the note on a brown one. So from myself, at Steedy the NFL on Twitter, from, of course, follow the group at UK Packers and me old buddy. Me old buddy. At Ryan Peacock NFL. It's goodbye for now. Sweet dreams. <laughs>